Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Mining the Field. Today is the eighth and final episode of our show. We are so very sorry to tell you that the season ended prematurely yesterday as we speak, but nonetheless, we are here, and I am joined today by our assistant AGM, Logan Jacobson, and first baseman, catcher, and designated hitter, Jake Mastillo. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us, Billy. Thanks. Of course, of course. So to do a little introduction so people know you just a little bit, I want you to say where you go to school or where you went to school, what year you're in, uh, why you're here, and a fun fact about yourself. So either one of you can take it away. I'll take the floor. Um, Yeah, I'm Logan. Um, I'm from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I just graduated this May from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Uh, Basically came out here for this job. Uh, I applied for an internship and I guess got talking to Dane, our GM, and somehow got the uh, assistant GM position in a phone call so yeah that's why I'm out here um fun fact about myself I guess I like to go hiking go outdoors do that kind of stuff a lot so yeah nice nice all right I'm uh I'm Jake Mastello I'm from Moscow Pennsylvania and I'm going into my junior year at Lockhaven University um pretty much got called up by Cardi back in October and he offered me a spot on the team, and now, now we're here. And um, you know, I guess a fun fact about myself is I really like to lift weights. <laughs> as, as, as our uh, head coach, Brandon, could tell you, I'm a big fan of the deadlift. What's your deadlift PR? Oh, Make everybody feel weak out there. 565. Oh, my gosh. That's literally three times my weight. <laughs> That's ridiculous, dude. Golly. All right, so... You guys are obviously in Butte right now. Um, was there an opportunity before coming to Butte that you felt like you could have taken but decided to come here anyways? Um, for me, not really, I guess, because I was still in school, and I got this position in, like, January or February, so I wasn't really looking too intensely yet. So this is pretty much worked out for me right away, so I didn't really have to look around anywhere else. So, yeah. I mean, I had a little bit of interest from a couple of different leagues, but honestly, Car- Cardi seemed like the guy I wanted to go play for, so I took the opportunity and ran with it. And now, Logan, for you, did you have any familiarity with being in the business operations of a sports team at all, or is this completely you know, your first go-around at it? Yeah, so I, uh, for two years, I interned for a junior hockey team as a marketing intern, so that helped a lot. I had a really great mentor there kind of showed me the ropes so I kind of took that with me coming out here so I at least had some idea of what was going on how to run a team and I brought some of the ideas that I learned from there here so definitely helped a lot working for that team so and growing up were you around sports or did you play sports at all yeah I actually played baseball up until last summer I played in it was like a men's league some people call it semi-pro, but I don't think it's really that. It's basically like a men's league. I was about to say, I mean, this was definitely called a minor league baseball program, and it's for sure not minor league. Yeah, that's like minor, minor, minor league. Minor, <laughs> minor, minor, minor league. Minor this league. is minor, minor league. <laughs> yeah, Other than but... the way Dane treated his players, it was, it was oh. minor league. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they can't all be dingers. But uh, Jake, for you. How um how did you get introduced into baseball? Uh, very very young. My parents used to just take me around to fields, and my 
I gotta watch what I say here. Uh, me as a little kid, I'd just run around, run around, just do random stuff at the field, and then eventually just fell in love with it. And now, was baseball the only sport you felt like you pursued, or did you play other sports like a lot of multi-talented athletes? Um, honestly, until about like sixth grade, I played a bunch of different sports like any other kid. And then once I once I finished up like sixth grade, that was when me me and my dad came to this the decision that number one I sucked at every other sport, <laughs> but um, that this was kind of what I wanted to do and focus on. Um, I mean, I made that decision a little bit earlier than most people tend to, but it ended up working out in the end for me. So I don't really have any regrets about it. But from about sixth grade till now, all I've played is baseball. Nice, man. And now being here, obviously, we've had the privilege to watch you guys play and we see all the changes that are made outside. And I've noticed, and I pointed it out at the beginning, you've played multiple positions. You're basically, like Marty is, a big utility player on this team. How did that come about? Um, what is your primary position? And do you feel like you have to prep differently when it comes to playing three different positions? Uh, honestly, there's no really difference in prep. Um, it te- like I'm In Marty's situation, Marty has to do a lot different things because he is a position player on top of being a pitcher and pitchers have an entirely different itinerary when it comes to how they warm up, how they um, keep themselves ready to go to play, and position players honestly don't require as much. We like we need to be ready to go on a daily basis where pitchers only throw about once every two or three days. All depends on the guy. Um, so being a multiple being a utility position player doesn't require as much unless unless I'm like catching specifically that day then I'll need to like make sure I stretch extra or stuff like that make sure my legs are more loose but playing like first base doesn't require as much prep as catching but my primary is catching but honestly like ever since I was in high school I've tried to just play wherever people need me to play just so that way I could hit now, and coming into the Expedition League, uh, I don't know specifically, what division is Lockhaven? Uh, division 2. Division 2. Uh, and that seems to be the trend on our team. There's a lot of D2 guys. Do you feel like the competition in the Expedition League compared to the D2 that you've faced, is it more difficult? Um, I think, honestly, it's a very large range. I think you have your very high-level guys, and then you have your bit lower level guys all across the board um and that applies to pitching and the hitting side of it um I mean and there's been some kids I've faced in this league that definitely are good enough to throw in the conference I play in um but I will say that at least from a pitching standpoint there's a lot of good arms in the conference I play in so I honestly think I think it was bet like the Expedition League wasn't as good as where I, as at college, but there were still some very, very good arms that I faced in this league. Gotcha. And for you personally, coming into this league and coming to Montana specifically, a lot of people don't realize how high the elevation is, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be a trend that there's a difference in the way the ball is carried and the way the ball is thrown when pitchers are pitching. Do you feel like for yourself personally, the altitude has made a difference towards yourself and your play? Um. As far as it goes with, like, the breathing aspect, I didn't really see much of an issue, but I also live in the mountains back home. It's still a very big difference in elevation, but, like, especially for some of our Florida boys, 
it's a really big difference coming up here. Yeah, it is. But I didn't. I honestly didn't notice as much of a difference coming here. Um, but the ball, the ball definitely did carry a lot easier here, especially playing at that little bang box that is uh, three legends. <laughs> so no, that's. I swear, dude. Somebody could bunt, and I swear that ball carries a little bit more. You wouldn't even know it either. Yeah. But. I want to shift a little bit, actually, to the team atmosphere. I don't think uh, this is talked about enough. And unfortunately, that's over. You know, we, we don't get to see more of that. We don't get to see the last four four to six games that were supposed to be played. But what I noticed looking at you guys is you guys seem to gel immediately. What What's the reasoning behind that? How did you guys get along so well? Was it because of similar interests or similar pursuits? I mean, in all honesty, when you, when you come to summer ball, you're – you're coming out to a completely different part of the country for three months. So no one's going to come out here who doesn't genuinely want to be here and who doesn't want to play ball. So that was definitely something that helped mold us together in the beginning was all of us knew we were coming out here and we all wanted to play. Um, and then honestly, I think it was just ever like just such a great group of guys. We all just got along so well. And honestly, like these are some of the, some of my best friends and these are kids that I'm going to try to stay in contact with for the rest of my life. Nice, man. Now, for you, Logan, coming in, um, obviously you have the AGM position. You get it through a phone call. Ten years ago, let's say, Did you? what did you see yourself doing? Did you see yourself being in the operations of a team, or did you have different aspirations for a career? Yeah, I mean, see, ten years ago, I'd been 12. Yeah, probably you know, middle still, school. Probably still wanted to be like an MLB player back then, you know. Um, but obviously that didn't work out. Um, so I don't know. I, I remember, you know, talking to my mom about career choices. I think it was after like my freshman year of college. And she was like, you always seemed like very interested in sports and like promotions. Like I remember when I was a kid, I'd always like be really interested in like the theme nights or little giveaways that they had stuff like that. And, um, I guess I kind of just thought about it and I was like, you know what, that'd be really fun to work for a sports team. So I tried it out with junior hockey with an internship, loved it. I mean, it's great. I mean, when you're not, you know, actually working, you can have time to just chill and watch the game. And what other job do you have the opportunity to do that? You know what I mean? So I've loved it so far. Right. And what was your, what was your major specifically in school? Uh, marketing. Marketing. Yep. Right. And with that, with this AGM position, do you feel like you want to maybe continue in this line of baseball ops where you could potentially run an entire franchise or even a baseball organization in general? Would you go to a different sport maybe, or would you consider doing something else? Um, right now, I, I really want to stick to working in sports. I mean, it just sounds so much more appealing and fun than working a, for some corporate you know, job in an office in a cubicle. Like, I don't know. It just sounds a lot more fun and inviting. Um, but yeah, I definitely would entertain eventually being a GM someday. I'd love that. That's kind of one of my goals and one of my dreams. So, you know, just just starting from the bottom and hopefully work my way up, you know. And, you know, a lot of us, I feel like this summer started from the bottom. This was either our first opportunity or one of the only opportunities we've had so far to get into sports. I know for myself, it's why I'm doing the show it's why I came to Montana and drove four days here, just so I know I could put something on the application to show that I had some kind of talent. With that, what what's your experience been like in Butte? Has it been anything you expected? Did you even expect anything? Because I know personally for me, I always like to tell people I thought I was going to accidentally join a cult. Because, you know, <laughs> you're going, listen, you're going somewhere across the country you've never been to. 
So in my mind, I'm like, this has to be too good to be true, right? Like, this can't be real. Right. And then I got the job on the phone like you. It, it took me five minutes. And he was like, and Dane said, you know what? You sound like you're good for the team. I, I think you're going to make a great fit here. <laughs> so, I was, so, you know, I, I was like, uh, all right. I'm, the it was the that voice easy. was very accurate on that. Too. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I just I didn't know what to expect. And every day that I drove here, I was like, I, I don't know if this is too good to be true. But, you know, if I get here, I could always just stay in a hotel and drive right back. I mean, right. what, what's, what else is going to happen? Yeah. But what did you expect coming in and – what have you experienced thus far this summer? Yeah, I mean, I love Butte. I love, I mean, the people are great. Our fans are great. You know, they're some of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, and, you know, I love living in Montana. It's sweet, you know, being able to go to Glacier, Yellowstone within a couple hours drive, or even just go to like a mountain lake and go fishing. The small things like that makes it so worth it. But uh, the experience in general, um, I mean, it's, I definitely had different expectations going into it but I wouldn't trade the experience for the world. Like I learned a lot of good things. I made a lot of great friends, like, and it's just fun to be around guys who are passionate about baseball and sports in general, you know, like most normal people aren't going to move to Montana. Like I'm talking about the interns right now. aren't going to move to Montana and work for two fifty a month and, you know, basically work their butts off for, you know, hours on pennies. Day. Yeah. For pennies. And, and it's just been really cool to just just see the passion that everyone brings, and you can just see that everyone wants to be successful eventually someday, and they're just putting in the work now to, to put themselves in place for that. So, And with the group of interns, myself, Aiden, Will, Arturo, um, with everyone, what do you feel like we thrived on doing the most, and what do you think we succeeded at the most in running the ballpark operations? I would say just f basically figuring it out. I mean, we always joke about, you know, figure it out, whatever. Figure it out up top. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. But, I mean, honestly, we, you know, to be honest with you, we weren't given too much direction or delegated, um, to put it frankly. And we just figured it out. Everyone found their own post. You know, no one ever really told someone, like, hey, you're working in the concession stand. Hey, you're working tickets. It kind of just happened. People realized, you know, this needs to be done. I can figure out how to do it, and you guys took it. So, I mean, props to you guys. Yeah, and honestly, man, I mean, we, we know the power you were given or lack of. So, you know, it was, it was a pleasure working with all the interns and yourself, man, and we completely understood. You know, we wish we would have been given more direction, right. and we tried to point out the fact that you could have given us that direction and could have been given that responsibility. And unfortunately, the feedback just wasn't reciprocated. So... One thing we've definitely learned here is what not to do in certain circumstances like that, whether we have that power in right. that position or whether we're running a baseball team, it doesn't matter. We've, we've learned what not to do. But being in Montana, what's been your favorite – what's been some of your favorite parts about being in Montana so far? Um, I would say just being in the mountains is, like, the coolest thing. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin, so it's pretty flat there. Go pack. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Roger, sign um, that deal. You're safe. Yeah, finally. Um, but, um, just being in the mountains is really cool. Like I know some days I take it for granted, but like my host family, I live up on like basically in Walkerville. So I get to drive down that hill every day and see that really? amazing view every day. And it's, I try not to take it for granted, but like I try to every day appreciate it and be like, you know, that's really cool. I get to live in a place like this. Um, I guess another thing I really like is just, I don't know, just getting to know people here, you know, whether it be interns, players, coaches, fans just 
you know, establishing relationships. It's, it's really been a blast. Yeah, it has, man. And, you know, I have to be honest for myself. I, I let a couple things cloud the experience just a little bit. You know, there were some people at first that weren't very welcoming outsiders, but then I think once they realized who we were and what we were doing and, you know, the games we were putting on, they really, fans really seemed to come out and enjoy it. It's a shame that that had to end, uh, but it it was really nice to see them happy. I I saw a lot of little kids there, you know, enjoying themselves, experiencing baseball, and I I personally do believe baseball could thrive in Butte. Oh, for sure. Under, Under the right guidance and under the right ownership, baseball could easily thrive here, and it could be bigger than a lot of leagues if i'm being quite honest with you people want it here absolutely and unfortunately they've just been with the copper kings and with teams in the past they've just been screwed to where these teams have just packed up and left and unfortunately i'm not certain but it seems like that's going to be the case this year too and it's a shame to see uh but shifting back over to you jake i I like to do this with you know potential college athletes that you know may listen or may hear this with you going to Lockhaven, you're obviously going into your junior year. What was that recruiting process like? And in high school, when did you realize that you were going to be able to go to the next level and play college ball? I mean, I started getting a little bit of interest from schools when I was about a freshman in uh, high school. But probably if I was going to give anyone advice who is going through that process, it's definitely you have to be your biggest recruiter. Mo- everyone thinks that like anyone who gets recruited to go to college either had – someone who they're very close to who knows a lot of people who did it for them some people think you need to go and pay all this money for these different scouting services honestly most of the offers i received from schools were from me and my dad sitting there going through lists of contacts and calling up coaches and telling them who i was and that i played so-and-so position these are some of my metrics and i'm really interested in coming to your school like please give me a call back if you're interested and more times than you'd think you're going to get a call back and they're going to be interested in recruiting you. I probably had 10 visits alone that were just because of the fact that me and my dad had sat there and called up the coach. So that's probably the biggest thing that like, I wish I would have known sooner was that you need to work hard for yourself because most no nobody, unless you're a kid like Kumar, who has guys go, blowing up his phone every day to go to, to come to their school? You you got you got to do the work yourself because no one's gonna be able to just do it for you. It's not just gonna magically happen overnight. You gotta you gotta help yourself as much as you physically can. Right. As someone who went through the recruiting process myself when I was getting recruited to run, I definitely I looked at the top tier athletes who were getting recruited and I was like, oh, you know, schools are just going to come to me if I perform a certain way, which is unfortunate because that's like 1% of the actual recruiting process. You know, there's most guys like yourself or myself who really just market ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to be realistic about options, right? Because not everybody's going to be a D1 athlete. Not everyone's even going to be a D1 through three athlete. Sometimes you have to go through the JUCO process Mm -hmm. and people don't realize that. Did you... When you first started to get recruited and you first realized that college ball was the option, did you did you feel like immediately you were D1 material? Did you have that expectation for yourself, or was it realistic immediately? I mean, I think when I was younger, I think I definitely had that mindset with myself, but I feel like, honestly, now, especially nowadays, most kids tend to. they, And I think, honestly, a lot of people read way too much into it. I, I mean, I know, especially in the conference I play in, 
it, between us at, us at the in the PSAC and the Peach Belt Conference are two of the best Division two conferences you could probably go play in. Um, and I know a lot of D1 coaches that have even not recruited players because that were getting recruited by PSAC because they knew that the PSAC was better than a lot of the smaller D1 conferences. But that's something that kids don't really understand. They just see it as D1, D2, D3, and they see it as almost like a um, – I'm, I'm looking for the word here. Like you've a, like a bragging right type of thing. Yeah, like, it's the label. Yeah, it, it, it's a – it's way too it they make they I'm very sorry I'm stuttering I'm No, sorry. you're good dude. Um they put way too much of an importance on being able to say, "Oh, I'm a division 1 athlete." When in reality there's no meaning behind it. I know so many guys who've gone to D3, D2 schools who could very very easily go and play and be very successful at a division 1 school. And it's it's all about honestly doing what's comfortable for you. I, I know, honestly, like when I went and I was visiting Lock Haven, I had a Division One interest, but I had just fallen in love with Lock Haven, and it was home to me. So that was honestly what did it for me, was I wanted to be in a place where I was comfortable and I was also going to play. And, like, I think that's something that people need to put more of an importance on, is going to a school for you. You're not going there to be able to tell your buddies back home Hey, I'm at a D1 school. No, you need to be comfortable. You need to be where you're going to be happy in the long run because sports aren't always going to work out. And that's something that people really need to start understanding, in my opinion. Good words, man. Um, and you said, uh, talked about falling in love with Lock Haven. And I think a lot of kids, you know, they I, I encourage taking visits even when you you go to one visit and you feel like the school is amazing. I think that's just the reality of, oh my goodness, I'm on my first college visit. This is <laughs> awesome. I, I definitely encourage kids to take all the visits that they're able to get. But with your visit to Lock Haven, what, what, what was there? How do I word this? What was it about the school that specifically made you fall in love? You know, was it the program itself, the opportunities you felt like you had there? Um, I would say the first thing I honestly loved was the coach. Um, he was just an, a stand-up guy. He was awesome. He was very honest with me, and to this day, everything that he told me he would do for me and everything that he promised me has come true, and he did for me. So I definitely owe a lot to him as far as that goes because, like, that's something that you rarely see nowadays is people, like, keeping their word with you and being honest with you. And and we saw that a lot this summer. Yeah, I wasn't try- That That's not where I was going with it. But <laughs> it's all right. I'll point it out. I realized as I was saying it. <laughs> I'll point um, it out. But, yeah, that's something, though, that definitely is very important. So if you find someone who's going to do that for you, you definitely got to keep them as close as you can. And then on top of that, when I – so I'm from the mountains. And Lock Haven is right down in a crevice between these massive mountains. And just when you're standing there just at the school or even at the field – um, you just start looking around and you just got mountains all around you and it's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's honestly, it's not as, um, it's not, it's similar to how it is out here. If I was going to give an example, you got mountains all around you, but, um, it definitely, it just reminded me of being home and that's what I loved about it. It's a small town. The people are so pure and so genuine. Um, the scene is absolutely gorgeous and that that was honestly those were two of the biggest selling points for me was it was the coach and it was just the scenery because I just felt at home. 
Awesome, man. And obviously, they gave you the opportunity to play when you immediately got there, and you're going into your third year, and now you're here in Montana at the Expedition League. What do you feel like you're wanting to improve on the most or have improved on playing summer ball? Mm -hmm. And do you feel like summer ball is a huge benefit to baseball players in general? Oh, God. That's a good one. Um I, would, I, I think it's I think it's important because sometimes you know sometimes people go to these camps or these leagues and they realize you know maybe they wasted their energy doing it or maybe they just didn't work on anything in particular they just played ball which can be good but also if you're not I I think training has evolved now where it's it's specificity over quantity now mm-hmm. because you know everybody's got a specialized event or a specialized position and when you work on that more specifically in the exercises and the programs more that's why athletes are evolving now. So with baseball players too, that's not looked at as much, but then you look at like the leagues they're doing and mm-hmm. are those beneficial, you know, could the elevation be beneficial to players going back yeah. down to sea level? But for you personally, uh, um, do you think summer league baseball is beneficial and ab- has been beneficial to you? Absolutely. Um, I would say definitely the thing that I saw what, what was most beneficial for me was probably stamina, like just all around because I had never played this many games in my entire life. And so having to six, seven days a week, travel, play, constantly try to compete at the highest level that you can, um, it, def- it definitely sent me back home. I mean, I only played four games a week back at school. We played a doubleheader Friday, doubleheader Saturday. Now, I mean, that was with COVID. But, um, I mean, I'm going to be going back, and I'm like even two days off is going to be enough that I'm ready to play at the highest level I can. So having to go and do that every single day definitely helped develop more like stamina and just able to keep going. And I think it honestly just made me tougher. And with that schedule, uh, I've talked about it with multiple people on here where it mimics a minor league schedule specifically. Do you feel like that's a schedule that maybe colleges should be looking more towards? You know, obviously every ball player, I feel like at this point has some kind of pro aspirations. And with colleges, if we're going to try and mimic some type of pro level, do you think the schedule shift to, you know, maybe more games frequently like that would be good? Honestly, no. Um, which I think is probably a different answer. Than That's a way different answer. Been. I like it, though. Um, well, the thing that you – obviously most people who go to school for their sport have aspirations of playing professionally. But I think trying to do a, a schedule similar to this is way too difficult for someone who is going to school at the same time as playing a sport. Um, and I think that's honestly why these leagues exist and that's why they run their schedule like they do because you're only going to get players to come to these that want to try to pursue a professional career in it. So that's going to be where it comes in that, okay, you now are going to play six, seven games a week. You're going to do a 14-hour bus ride. You're going to do this, do that. That's where it comes into play because if you come and play summer baseball, you want to play professionally where – not everyone who goes to school for their sport wants to pursue a professional career. There's kids who will go to school for their sport just to help them afford to pay for school. True. And so that's my thought on it. I mean, I think, number one, it would make it way too difficult on people to try to play even five games a week or six games a week. Like, I think that's a little bit way too much. Um, so, but like I said, that's why – these summer leagues exist and that's why they run their schedule the way they do because it's meant to mimic a pro style schedule and it's for kids who want to pursue a pro career nice now with that traveling 
you've obviously been to a couple of different stadiums in the Expedition League. You've had food, different food, stayed in a different hotel. And all the players and coaches who have been on have participated in this, and I want your viewpoint as well. So for you and traveling, I would like to know your favorite stadium you've been to so far, the best food that has been served, and the best hotel you've stayed at. I would say, honestly, the best hotel that we stayed at was probably the one in Idaho. It was, I believe, uh, Fairfield, I think. But it was just a your run-of-the-mill, nice hotel. Had a pool, had a hot tub. And, like, it was just very clean, very nice. It was there wasn't anything like overly special about it but it was close to food that you could walk and go get food and it just it just did the job well i thought um favorite stadium would probably be either the badlands big sticks or the western nebraska pioneers um i i just thought it was awesome stadiums and like my thing with the big sticks was um, the ball flew out well still without being a complete bang box. Gotcha. Where Butte, Butte was a bang box. It, dude, it's a home run derby every day, practically. Like, I'd seen, I've seen Little League fields that are similar to the size of our field. Um, now, our, our field was awesome, and I loved playing in front of the fans at our field. Definitely, as far as our fan base goes, our fans were the best. Oh, 100%. The, the, pe- the people here are so genuine and so nice, and these are the type of people I'm going to be going home and talking about, and I'm just – I'm. Th- this makes me want to eventually come back here later in life. Um, And then probably best food. I would say – I would say the best meal that we had was probably at – um. At Western Nebraska, they they had a lasagna catered to us, and it was lasagna. It was good. That's bad to the bone, dude. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna take a short break here, and when we come back, we'll actually have a special guest, and you'll find out who he is when we come back. So, stay tuned. No no doubt. Play on, play it. Play on, play it. It's going down, fade to black street. The homies got at me, collab creations. Bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Tell me who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet. Giving them orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies, Black Street and Teddy, the original rough shakers. Shutting down, good lord. Baby got them open all over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around Cover much grounds, got game by the pound Getting paid is a forte Each and every day, true play away I can't get her out of my mind Wow. I think about the girl all the time wow, wow. East side to the west side Pushing fat rides, it's no surprise She got tricks in the stash Stacking up the cash Fast when it comes to the gas By no means average It's on when she's got to have it Baby, you're a perfect 10 I wanna get in Can I get down so I can I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up Bag it up I like the way you work, kid. No diggity. I got to bag it up. I like the way you work, kid. No diggity. I 
I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. She's got classes now. She knowledge by the time. Baby, never act wild. Very low key on the profile. Catching feelings is a no. Let me tell you how it goes. Curves the word, spins the verb. Lovers it curves so freak what you heard. Rolling with the fatness, you don't even know what the half is. You got to pay to play, just for shorty bang bang to look your way. I like the way you work it. Trump tight all day, every day. You're blowing my mind, maybe in time. Baby, I can get you in my ride. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I got to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I got to bag it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. I got to bag it up. Bag it up, babe. I like the way you work it. No Clash from New York City to Black Street. What you know about me? Now don't be put the thing. Cartier wooded frame sported by my shorty. As for me, icy gleaming pinky diamond ring. We bees to buy this click up on this scene. Ain't you getting bored with these fake vagrants? High shows improves, no doubt. I've been thinking so. Please excuse if I come across rude. That's just me. And that's how a play it's got to be. Stay kicking game with a capital G. Ask the peoples on my block. I'm as real as can be. Word is born. Faking moves never been my thing. So, Teddy, pass the word to your nigga Chauncey. I'll be sending the call, let's say around 3 30. Queen Pen and Black. No, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Mining the Field. I am Billy Adams, and our special guest joining us is head coach Brandon Cowan for the second time. Brandon, welcome to the show. Well, I guess it's now former head coach, oh, but yeah, thank that's, you for having me. You know, and actually, let's let's dive right into that. I mentioned before that this is the last show because our season was prematurely canceled. Head coach, former head coach, what happened, man? Uh, I mean, it's a combination of things uh, that went on this summer. Um but we would have had a finishing season. Um, but the other day, league vice president Mitch came in uh, trying to help out because he had heard all the stories that was going on all summer. For some reason, he waited until the very last week to show up and help out. And when he did show up to help out, he overwatered the field. Uh, one of our players had an issue with it. He politely said, hey, tomorrow when you water the field, can you not water it so much? People are going to get hurt. And as he's driving off in the, the Gator, he openly mocks our players saying, hey, make sure you don't get hurt, and then drives away. Um, so that set our first baseman off, which is Nick Hansen, 
If you ever met Nick Hansen, he nicest is guy. the nicest kid you've ever met in your entire life. Would not say a bad word about that kid ever. Um, so for him to go absolutely berserk in the dugout after Mitch came in and was trying to tell us what happened, obviously not stating the facts that actually happened, saying that we were chirping him. But in reality, he had openly mocked our player. So he stood up for himself, and I'm very proud that he did. Um, and later on in the day, you would see Mitch walking around, um, beers in hand. Uh, I'm not going to say he was drunk, but I will say multiple people witnessed him with beers in hand and smelled alcohol on him while he was working. So um, we ended up having a team meeting the next day. I was told Mitch would be present at that team meeting um, with Dane. Mitch never showed up, so we had a team meeting with just Dane, aired our grievances. Um, he initially said okay to some of our demands, and then he had some phone calls with the league office, and then 45 minutes to an hour later, our season was canceled. And what were those demands? Because from my understanding, they weren't that high. Correct. Um, they were pretty simple. We thought that with everything that's gone on, the way we've been treated by the GM, who has pretty much overpromised and underdelivered the entire year, um, we figured the best thing to do would be allow free admissions to the game uh, for the fans of Butte because it was we're here to play for the fans and ourselves. Uh, we're not here to help people make money on things that they really didn't do anything to earn. Um, so we said. As a team, we want free admission for the town of Butte because they deserve it for how well they've treated us, um, host families included. And then by the way we were treated by the vice president, we thought that it was a good idea to just want to tape up the logo on the back, small protest. Most people wouldn't even have noticed except for us. Um, but he ended up not agreeing with that, called head offices, and season was canceled. Now, there's there's obviously a lot that could be said here. What do you what do you think could have been done differently entirely for this season to have been more successful and honestly for everyone to have enjoyed it more? Because I mean, we can point out stuff right now where players were housed inappropriately. You know, they were staying in hotels when I can say firsthand they were promised host families at the very beginning, like interns. When we got here before the players. We were told ourselves that everyone was going to have a host family. First day we get here, we played Jehovah's Witness for nine hours, going around the entire town of Butte, technically putting stuff illegally in people's mailboxes firsthand, yeah. which we should not have been doing, but is what we were instructed to do. And then two weeks later, obviously, there's 30 to 35 people in the mansion total, and that is a fire hazard according to the laws of Butte, Montana. Hmm, I and, didn't know that. Yeah. And also, you know, day one, the pipes burst because, again— couldn't handle that many people in the it's house. It's a hundred-year-old house. Yeah, it's a so. hundred-year-old house. And, you know, it's haunted. DJ's there. Hey, shout out my boy DJ. Shout out DJ. <laughs> but nonetheless, what could have been done differently, man? Like, what could have we – was it a change in leadership that we could have seen? Was it a change, maybe a change in players, coaches? Like, what, what could have been done differently? Because I think a lot of people want to know that. Well, from the housing aspect, I understand uh, when you're a first-league team that – host families are going to be a problem. Yep. Um, it's the hardest thing to get, okay? Allowing random strangers to come into your house and 
accepting them is a big ask. So I understand why housing was difficult at first, but we had multiple Zoom meetings with Dane on those calls. He had told us, hey, if you wanted to come out tomorrow, we have host families available for you guys. Everyone has a host family ready to go. Season's ready to rock and roll. Yep. We show up first week, everyone's in a hotel. We go on the road um, for the first week, which gave him another week to get host families and everything set up. We get back from the very first road trip, still in a hotel for most guys, and then he slowly starts placing people. Um, but when you don't have host families, if you know you don't host, have host families, you need to have a backup option with that hotel or whatever your sponsors are. Um, and he did not have any of that. So from the housing aspect, I understand how hard it is. But at the same time, you just can't keep telling players, you come can't on out. false promise, dude. Exactly. You, you can't do that. I mean, everybody's coming up here from thousands of miles away. Most people are coming from thousands of miles away. Yeah. And you can't do that. It's almost like coming here and then, you know, being left out to dry in the middle of the road, basically. Yeah. And then when you try to call him, Dane Wagner, or anyone associated with him, trying, hey, where am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to go? He doesn't answer. We had that team meeting. The host families even said, hey, we called you six times. You never returned a phone call. You never returned a message. No emails, no nothing. So he just dropped the ball in all aspects of the, of the game, and he just kept rolling with lies after lies and kept promising and promising and deflecting every time we'd ask him a question. So... The only way that this would work in Butte it would be a change of general manager. Gotcha, man. Now, one thing we're going to get to in a minute is, you know, thanking everyone who's been so gracious and has made this possible because I feel like there were a lot of hands thrown in to make this possible because, unfortunately, again, what people didn't see was the fact that players and interns were working together to make this work. I feel like more so we were running the operation than the entire ownership was. Yeah, absolutely. I can say that without a doubt. Um, are there any last words you want to say about the league as a whole or just in general? Um, not that I can say over the uh, radio waves, but um, <laughs> I, I agree course. with you that with the interns, the players, the coaches, we've done an amazing job trying to make this work. And thankfully, everyone stuck it out as long as they have with the conditions that they were overpromised with, you know, guys sleeping in vehicles or on air mattresses, two to a bed. Um, the fact that they even stuck it out is a very big thing, and I can't thank the players enough for staying around. Definitely. Now, like I said, when we come back, we're going to take a short break again. Uh, we'll have a lot of good words to say to the people that made this happen, so stick around for that. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and before we close out our final show, we just want to give a few thank yous. To Dave Sheffield, who is a partial owner of the Mining City Tommyknockers, a man who took us in when he didn't have to, a man who did his best to provide for us and provide for the interns knowing that we didn't have a lot of money to provide for ourselves and we were working really hard. Dave, we just want to thank you, man. Thank you so much for letting us into your home when you didn't have to. I know it was a lot, especially when there were a bunch of people you didn't even know about who were thrown in. You still graciously had them. You let them stay there as long as they needed to. And unfortunately, you weren't around to see everything and you weren't informed on everything. We we're very sorry about that. And at the same time, thank you to you and Norma for having us in your home and letting us stay there for the entire summer. To Sherry and Kelly Sullivan, Logan's host family, not only thank you for hosting Logan and making it easier on us, thank you for providing some pregame meals, even though it wasn't your job. They were phenomenal. That spaghetti was immaculate, and we thank you so much for that. Uh, to our sponsors, thank you so much for supporting us, and we're sorry that you got caught up in that. 
uh, to Up Top Apparel. Shout out to y'all. Y'all gave a y'all gave out the shorts today. The boys are rocking them as we speak. Montana till I die. Montana till we die, baby. View versus everybody. <laughs> View versus everybody. To Mike Opal, our PA guy, uh, phenomenal man. He's been through a lot. He's given us a lot of life lessons this summer. Uh, volunteered to come out and call the game just because he loves the game. He loves the players and he loves the interns. We appreciate you, man. Uh, and to the interns, to my fellow interns, Will, Arturo, Gardner, Connor, Aiden, and our overpaid intern, Logan. <laughs> Shout, sure, out. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you boys. Uh, it's been an amazing summer. Thank you guys so much. It made it a heck of a lot easier working here, especially being thousands of miles away from Florida. Uh, I'll never forget it. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. And I know based on the work we did every day, we put on one heck of a show and can't go back on it. Uh, I would just like to thank uh, the host families for taking in our players. Um, it is by far the biggest thing that helps a college season like this run. And even in minor league and independent league baseball, host families are what make it possible. Um, because without them, our guys are sleeping in the middle of nowhere. Who knows what would happen to them. Um, so I'm going to read off a list of all the host families. Um, hopefully I don't butcher any of these names too badly. So It's all right. They'll understand. Uh, to the Orzado, Orzati family, the Briscoe family, Giannacaro, the Sommer family, Smith, Carvatis, Hash, Jerry Stillings, the Ryan family, and the Blair family. Thank you guys for everything you have done for our players. Um, you guys say that it's the coaches that make this possible, but I can tell you 1,000% it is the host families that make this thing worthwhile. What up, Butte? It's your favorite hitting coach, Jacob Schubert. Yo. Uh, I just want to say thank you to the city of Butte and all the fans that came out and supported us all summer. I mean, you guys made this experience awesome for not only me and Brandon, but, but uh, for our players and our interns. We loved every moment of it playing here. Uh, yes, yeah, shout out to Sins. Love you. Uh, <laughs> appreciate everything you did for us all summer. Uh, also, I just want to say a shout out to my players. I love coaching every minute of you guys. I know uh, Brandon and I love coaching you guys from day one all the way until you know two days ago. Um, you guys are great guys. You guys ever need anything? I've already told you. Just let me know, and uh, keep balling out, fellas. Um, I'd like to specifically thank the uh, Portravinas. They helped me and Connor out while we've been out here, and they met my parents while um, while they were out here, and they've just absolutely done everything to make sure that whatever I needed while I was out here I got so I just wanted to express my extreme gratification to them um extreme gratitude I butchered that that's um, all right but I just want to say say thank you to you guys because you guys absolutely did everything for me um and now I'm going to le- read our uh statement as a team uh, dear Tommy Knocker Nation, we regret to inform you that the remainder of the season for Mining City Tommy Knockers has been abruptly canceled the players of the team are truly sorry for the inconvenience and for having delete to let the city of Butte down with this news. This experience has led to many fun memories and new friendships that will last past this season. As a team, the players would like to thank the city of Butte for graciously welcoming them and allowing them to leave Three Legends Stadium with memories that could be cherished forever due to the fans. Though the fans and players Though the fans and players greatly appreciate that the lack of communication and organization from the managers to players centering around housing, food, and being accountable has gone on too long. Some players and interns have endured sleeping in cars and being personally stolen from. There are many other stories and events that have taken place that has led to the end of the season. 
Tommyknocker players tried to compromise and continue to play through the rest of the season for Butte, but it was out of their control, and the opportunity was taken away from them by management. These players are very passionate about playing baseball for your community and would like there to be an opportunity for a return again next summer to make more priceless memories. Again, the team is very appreciative of the community of Butte, who have made this season one to remember. With our sincerest apology, we are very sorry for the news, but we hope to all the fans and a great re- hope to all the fans a great rest of the summer and go Tommy Knockers. All right. Well, thank you guys for that. Um, again, to players, to interns, to the fans. Personally, thank you all. You, it, this internship for myself and for a lot of us would not have been possible without the players. I know there were times that you guys specifically could have stepped away because of the conditions you were being put through, unfortunately, but you didn't, and you kept charging. And I think what sucks is you guys were making a nice playoff run, and unfortunately that had to be cut short. And that's unfair to you, and it's unfair to the coaches as well. And it's a shame to see that happen, but nonetheless, I had the privilege of seeing the success, and I can't wait to see what you guys do in your colleges. Cowan and Jacob, I can't wait to see what you guys do in your new positions this upcoming year. You guys are going to thrive. You're really, really good at your job. You were thrown into a lot, especially in the middle of the season, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and a final thank you to KBMF 102.5 for letting me do this show. They most certainly didn't have to. There's not very many talk shows. If not, I think I'm the only one on here. But thank you for letting me give the players a platform to speak, uh, to be able to present themselves to potential colleges or potential pro programs. Uh, thank you for allowing me to build a platform for myself to get experience. Uh, and to thank you to everyone who made this happen because there were certainly a lot that could have gone wrong. But without the fans, the players, and the interns, Um, None of this would have been possible, and we are grateful. With that being said, my name has been Billy Adams. This is the final episode of Mining the Field. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the future.
Please don't be sad if it was a straight line you had. 